Welcome to the Family Worship Companion, supplementing your personal reading of Scripture with a Christ-centered emphasis and real-life application for every member of the family. Have you ever experienced division in the family or watched it in the church? In Genesis chapter 13, where we are today, we find Abram and Lot coming out of Egypt. God is prospering them materially, and yet a strife develops between their herdsmen, and they split and part ways. We're going to learn some lessons from that detail. We'll also see how God reveals himself to Abram once again. So verse 1 begins with the simple detail of Abram making his way out of Egypt. Again, humanly speaking, he should never have been there, but there were lessons for him to learn. Verse 2 gives us insight into the degree of prosperity. Abram is literally heavy with wealth. That's the idea of being very rich, very heavy with prosperity. Recognize that longing for wealth is a longing for greater and greater responsibility, of which we will give account before God. Verses 3 and 4 illustrate wonderfully the Christian life. After a period of folly, being away from God in a certain sense, Abram repents and does the first works. He gets back to Bethel. He is at the place of the altar, the place of bloodshedding. The gospel comes forth and Abram is really being revitalized in his Christian walk again. We all need revival at times, and this wonderfully illustrates how the Christian can get back to where he once was and enjoy God's presence again. But as wonderful as prosperity is, problems don't go away. Verses 5 through 7 tell us of a strife that breaks out between the herdsmen of Lot and the herdsmen of Abram. And a detail is added at the end of verse 7 that I don't think we should miss. It tells us that the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwell then in the land. God, by his Spirit, is showing us here that this is really what is moving Abram to try and resolve the matter. The world is watching, and we shouldn't permit them to see the strife between the people of God. Verses 8 through 9 tell us of two characteristics, at least, of Abram that are worthy for us to consider. He, first of all, is a peacemaker. He is endeavoring to bring peace amidst the strife that exists. And he does this by focusing on his understanding of the union. If believers would see one another as part of one body, united together, they may understand how to follow in Abram's footsteps here. We be brethren. That's fundamental. And let us endeavor to fight for unity, despite our differences here that we see. The other factor we see in Abram's life is him seeking first the kingdom of God. He seems aware that all of his wealth, all of his riches, they're just the product of the, the sovereignty of God. God has blessed them in this way, sovereignly, and so he doesn't need to fight for the best of the land. He can simply resign his future into the hands of God and, and fight for the unity and then trust God with the prosperity that may follow. But do the right thing, not always self-seeking first and foremost. And so Lot with carnal rather than spiritual sight in verses 10 through 13, looks upon the world that is before him. And instead of thinking of seeking first the kingdom, he simply sees this as an opportunity to advance his prosperity and his wealth. Now, in some ways, he's not entirely to blame here because we're told that what he sees was like the land of Egypt. Abram may be to blame here because he had led Lot 
to see Egypt and something of it was found in his heart. And that visual of the, the great prosperity of Egypt and the fertility of the land, he looks and he sees the same and he is, he is driven by ambition to go and establish himself in such a land that lay before him. The other detail we're told, however, is in verse 13, that the men of Sodom were very wicked. In other words, Lot finding himself going in the direction of Sodom and eventually, as we discover, in Sodom, it's not an unfortunate event where he finds himself among ungodly people. This is publicly known. Sodom is a wicked place and Lot is disregarding this in his ambition and desire to advance himself materially. And so from verse 14 to the end of the chapter, we see Abram understanding that it is better to be in a desert with God than in a fruitful plain without him. But these verses also tell us of God's reward in revealing himself to Abram once again. By his senses, Abram can't see what God is telling him here. There's nothing indicating that all the land is his and his seed will be like the dust of the earth. And yet he is encouraged, just trust my word. Our Lord Jesus did the same. He came into this world and all that was prophesied concerning the extension of his kingdom and the heathen being his inheritance, none of that could be seen with the senses of the humanity of Jesus Christ, but he is believing the promises of God. And so we are to do the same. We may not see the church in the full description of what the promises of God say to us is going to happen and the truth is going to go to the ends of the earth, but we are to walk in faith, just like Abram, just like our Lord Jesus Christ. And so while Abram didn't have the choice of the land like Lot took to himself, yet he has what he needs. Verse 18 tells us he has a tent and he builds an altar. Friends, that's what we need in this world in our pilgrimage, a place to live, a place to worship. We have this and we are rich. And so we come to application and the first point is be careful with riches. In the case of Abram, his wealth polished his piety, we might say. But in the cases of many, it tarnishes their character. Wealth is fine. If God bestows it upon you, great. But hold it in balance and make sure still that God is first in your life. Secondly, we never read of Abram meeting with God in Egypt. And so let that be a reminder to us if we are too entangled in this world, if our whole vision is filled with Egypt and not with the promised land, we're not going to meet with God. If you find yourself spiritually backslidden today, you need to repent and do the first works. Prioritize this sense of meeting with God and enjoying his presence in your life. Thirdly, there's a lesson for us all, but perhaps especially for children. You children learn from Lot here. He is the inferior to Abram, and yet he doesn't seek his counsel. He takes the offer and he makes a decision that is disastrous for him and for his family. Learn to seek for counsel and to take good counsel. Fourth, there's a word for young people here. Be very careful with how the world will come to you and how scenarios may appear that give you the option of moving away from godly influences. Lot may have felt that he was old enough, that he could stand on his own two feet. God was blessing him, prospering him materially. Surely he can move away from Abram, but it's disastrous to him and has been disastrous to many 
when they distance themselves from the presence and the influence of godly people. Stay close to the good, godly, solid people. Not just that you can pick up the phone. That may be an illusion of benefit. Being near to them, in proximity to them, is crucial sometimes in keeping us on the path that we should be on. Fifthly, really building on the previous point, the temptation to be driven by the mighty dollar is real, even for Christians. And so let every one of us just be on the alert here and be very cautious about those opportunities that promise to us an increase of our salary. And we can say we can make more money over there. Be very aware of the danger of moving yourself to another location. It can unsettle the whole family dynamic, remove from you, as we've said, those influences that are crucial in our lives and really place us in a very vulnerable position that the devil will work upon and use to his advantage in destroying us in the days ahead. Sixthly, I see here a tremendous gospel encouragement in the language of verse 14, where Abram's being told to look around you, I'm going to give you the land. It would be wonderful if you and if I as believers would just look at this world around us, perishing in its sin, and hear the words of the Lord Jesus to us saying, I'm going to give you that land. Go after it. Just go. Go into the land and tell them of a crucified Redeemer. May that be an encouragement to you today as you set off into your responsibilities to just see that the land all around you can, can be one in which you can evangelize, reach souls, and be used by God to advance his kingdom. <laughs>